Hey there. Thanks for joining us on The Small Podcast, where we uncover stories of dedicated small business owners who have sacrificed to grow and have creatively adapted to be where they are today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Scott Bayer, and with me today are the co-owners of Morin Surfboards in Ventura, California, Josiah and Krista Morris. Thanks so much for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And uh, I've been really excited about this one. Uh, We were just talking, um, but we've been friends for quite a few years, Mm -hmm. and I've been able to see you guys uh, kind of in parallel, but I haven't really had a good sit down of your story. So um, I'm looking forward to this today. Uh, But for those who haven't heard of you, how would you briefly describe what Morin Surfboards is? Well, um, we are a mom and pop surfboard manufacturing company here in Ventura, California. Um, we've been at it for almost three years, um, about two and three quarters years, <laughs> um, and been building surfboards full time myself for over 11 years now. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a long, long journey, but, uh, really fun. I love surfboards. I love surfers. Um, I love surfing. Um, I love the beach community here in Ventura. Um, and we love to do it as a family. So, um, meaning building surfboards and, um, especially Chris and I running the business together and living our lifestyle on, on the sand as much as we can. So um, that's kind of the, the brief description. I, I shape here at the house. We have a container that we converted into like a shaping room and a little workshop. And um, I, as recently, I've been sending some of my glasswork out because we've been doing pretty well, pretty busy. Nice. And, um, I still subcontract, um, if you will, um, I guess subcontractors aren't legal in California anymore. (laughs) Um, so, um, I, I still work for a couple surfboard companies. Um, most notably is Channel Island Surfboards and I've been with them for, I think five years total. So kind of off and on over the years, um, as I, I've went to work for, uh, one of their licensees and, now still uh, I'm shaping there. I was shaping their boards here and now I'm back up there a couple days a week in Carpinteria and um, getting trained up recently on some of their new stuff that's about to come out. So yeah, that's kind of, that kind of helps us in those slow seasons and it's been a, it's been a really cool thing. And um, so yeah, so a lot of shaping recently, a little less board building, but um, I still get get to get my hands wet with the resin a couple days a week, which is pretty cool. Keeps me sharp. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of uh, the gist of it. And how far back does this go for surfing? When did you start surfing is a better question. Oh, gotcha. Um, I started surfing. um, I'll let Chris tell her story in a second, but um, I started surfing when I was 11. Um, My dad and my older brothers, my older brothers were really good surfers. We, I was born in Ojai. And we grew up in Ojai until I was about nine, and then we moved to Oxnard. And my two older brothers were really good, like uh, surfers here in the in Ventura, surfed competitively or competitively, and um, sponsored and that whole thing. And 
um, got to know and introduced to that watching them as a young age. But honestly, I was like really a chicken <laughs> to get in the water. I was deathly afraid of sharks um, and didn't like the cold water, um, didn't like the morning sessions that my dad and my brothers would always go on. So I actually didn't start surfing until I was 11. And it was a summer and we did a, a road trip down to, um, we started almost, we're like uh, in Ocean Beach, San Diego, and worked our way back up the coast and stopped almost at every campground. And um, that was like the first summer where I popped up, went down the line, and it was just kind of like, that was when I fell in love with surfing. So um been surfing since I was 11. Um, it doesn't really show. <laughs> 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 but um I'm, I'm a decent surfer but i'm, I'm nothing nothing right home at all. um so definitely far from a hometown hero when it comes to so, yeah. laughed a little hard at that one <laughs> yeah um i for me my dad was a surfer i grew up in north county san diego um and my parents uh split up when i was young and so um, some of my earliest memories are my dad, like we lived with my dad primarily at the time. And I was probably, I don't know, somewhere eight, nine, 10, somewhere in there. And basically the only way that my dad could um, make sure that he got time in the water was by doing dawn patrol. And he would take myself and my two younger sisters. And I remember waking up before it was even light outside. And we'd like roll through a Del Taco and grab breakfast burritos and then we'd go to Oceanside Harbor and he would put us back to sleep in sleeping bags under the lifeguard tower and he would paddle out and then whenever we like woke up you know we would eat our burritos and play in the sand and then when he came in he would push us into waves and so those were like some of my earliest memories of being around surfing um and then but I didn't really kind of similarly to Josiah though I didn't really pick it up consistently at a young age. And um, I moved to Montana with my mom during high school. And then when I got back to San Diego, I was 17. And kind of same thing. My dad gave me this old Tony Staples egg shape. And I just went where no one went. And just my dad wasn't he didn't teach me. He just was like, here's a board. So we would just go where nobody else surfed so that we could be the biggest kooks ever and try to figure it out. And um, and then just slowly I like got my chops and started surfing Oceanside Pier. And um, so 17, 18 was really when I like got consistent and could drive myself to the beach and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then we surfing is really primarily how we met and why yeah. we started hanging out. Um <laughs> basically short end of it as we were at college his 1969 vw bug 64. that or 64 i mean uh 1964 vw bug that he had at the time kept breaking down and we were 45 minutes from oceanside the nearest place to surf and so we started hopping in my jeep together and going nice. to surf and so 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back of conversation plus time in the water um, and we would like typically go out to dinner after we would surf. And so just this really sweet friendship started to develop because of surfing. So it was her plan to get it was all of my plotting. <laughs> I was about to say, did you break your van down on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my plotting, not his. <laughs> I was, yeah, to be quite 
candid. I was not interested. He was not interested. Um, <laughs> she was. So the plan was working out great. Yeah. So that old bug broke down for a reason. <laughs> and those cell swells were pumping down an ocean side. And, yeah. and um, yeah, surfing. And, and I just remember at the time, this was in, this is about 2001, I think, or 2000. This is a fall of 2000. Yeah. And um, there wasn't too many girl surfers. Like there was mm. one girl here, our good friend, Mary Osborne. Uh, shout out to Mary and her surf camps. They're the best. Um, and Ventura Mako's are rad too. And, um, <laughs> but um, so Mary, I grew up with Mary, you know, surfing local spots and her were good friends with their family. She was the only girl surfer I'd ever known. And, um, and she was, you know, kind of like me, had two older or three older brothers that were really good surfers. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. Girls just didn't surf like in 2000. There was like no girls in the water. And um, so when Chris was like, yeah, I surf, I was like, okay, well, well I've got to see this. And <laughs> <laughs> I need a ride. <laughs> Win -win. That turned into like, hey, bring your laundry. You can do your laundry at my dad's house. Your dad, they're from North County, San Diego. And, um, and then that just turned in, like she said, long conversations on the way back to school and dinners and then you know one thing led to the next and then we we're dating and yeah so now we're back to surf <laughs> full circle here yeah does she still break your car down so she forces you to drive to the beach with you <laughs> so i force him to come surf with you. <laughs> yeah i've got it for buying projects lately yes so. that is true that's amazing i <laughs> It may sound like a simple question, but what is it about surfing that you guys like? Gosh, I feel like for me, it's as a woman being a wife and a homemaker and a mother of four and over the last six and a half years, a home educator, um, it is probably one of the main things that I continue to come back to that is my identity outside of those things. And so I think for me, the water, the salt water, the ocean, the sun is very cleansing to my soul. And I feel like very, very connected with so many things when I'm out there. And so it's, um, it just brings me personally a lot of joy. And I love the relationships that you build within surfing. And, um, I just love people in general. So I think when I'm getting to be in the water and laugh and be silly with a bunch of people that we know, it just kind of exponentially grows that joy for it. Um, but I think the biggest piece of it for me is just, it's what I've continued to go back to, um, and how, and it's continued to ground me in my identity so that I don't get lost in these other things and forget who I was before becoming wife and mom, which obviously mm. those are very um, important roles. And so I think surfing is what gives me the ability to, a lot of times, honestly, to function well in all of these different roles that I play. Hmm. Yeah. Just be Krista. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll back that, like in the sense that uh, every time I make her a board, um, it's like a reminder of like who I fell in love with. Right. You know, and um, and going back to to when you know we were eighteen and seventeen and eighteen when we met, 
you know, in college and, um, it was because of surfing where I was just like, it was the ocean, it was the sand, it was the drive, it was the smell of, you know, sex wax and, and sunscreen and, um, you know, just all of those very, um, visceral things that like, I can't erase from my memory. And so every time I make her a board, it takes me back to like all of that. And it actually just grounds us to remember, like, um, we're not just, um, you know, husband and wife, we're not just parents, but we're part of nature and we're part of something, uh, the, something bigger, which for my answer is the ocean makes me feel small. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, we were introduced to the wilderness at a young age. We grew up in a really, really, um, just struggling blue collar family. My dad was an arborist and, um, my mom stood stayed at home and homeschooled me and my sibling, um, my youngest brother and all the way up to high school. And we just, all we had, I remember my dad told us when we were young, I, he, he said, I can't give you guys like dirt bikes and cool stuff, like all your friends or new skateboards and shoes all the time, but I can give you the ocean and the mountains. I can give you the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And if I can give you the wilderness and you receive it, you'll be the richest person around here. Wow. And, um, so when I'm in the ocean, I think of my late father mostly, and that really like it's grounding because he always taught us to feel small and he was really good at just like, Hey, look up at the sky, you know, or look at this tree, look at the flowers or look at the ocean and teaching us life lessons through nature. So when I'm in the water, I don't, I mean, even if it's, I don't even get in all the way and I'm just in my ankles while playing with the girls while they're messing around on their little soft tops or whatever, you know, our daughters are doing. Um, I, I still feel small. I'm like, man, what's touching me right now is touching millions of people all around the ocean or, or all around the world, you know, where the ocean connects to land. And it always like blows my mind. So, and then when you're actually surfing, um, man, it is, to, to people that haven't surfed before, um, the glide and floating and um, being in the water and moving with the wave and um, feeling a part of that energy. Feeling, yeah, the energy, like not to get too woo woo about it, but you definitely <laughs> feel it. And um, there's, there's the same endorphins they say, like when, you, when you're learning how to fly. And people are like obsessed with like, they want to fly a plane and, and stuff like that. Those same endorphins release when you're surfing. And wow. so it's a really powerful thing. Um, yeah. And um, so it, it excites me, you know, just like even talking about it. I'm like, man, I, I want to surf. I surfed the last time I surfed was Sunday. And um, so it's been three days and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I need to get back in the need water. Need to get our gills wet. <laughs> I need to get our gills wet. I feel like I'm drying out. You have some R and D to do, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have a board meeting. <laughs> a board meeting. Gosh. Board of investors. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, that's. I hope that answers your question in some yeah. way. Um, yeah. It, it and you know, like I'm a lot more introverted than Krista is, so it is just a really peaceful time for me. Um, so just think about, you know, life and, um, 
reflect on my day usually. I'm usually kind of washing off the work the work day. I'm not a morning session guy. Um, although she's been dragging me out recently. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it, it's kind of like it's I guess like kind of at our church as of recently. That's where we where we go to just really connect and and um, find our, our baseline, our ground zero, and um, feel small and feel loved and feel very grateful to live where we live. So yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah, I think uh, it's been three days too long, apparently, just the way you, I was seeing you. Obviously, we're not filming the video, but the way Josiah was just like daydreaming. Yeah. <laughs> looking up. Well, like, uh, what's funny is that in his like introvertedness and needing to like go and connect with the ocean, he'll be sitting, you know, 10 yards out from everybody else from the lineup. And I'm texting before we go, I'm texting any, anyone and everyone to see who wants to paddle out with me. So it's it's very different, but it, in the way we experience, but it also, like he said, like it puts us um, back in this same place as a couple mm. where we're getting to um, enjoy it together as a couple, but also, I mean, our kids in the ocean are just like watching them fall in love with it has just mm. been incredible as well. Cause you never know, you don't know what mm. your kids are going to like. And we haven't taught any, yeah, we've never, our, we any didn't. one of our kids have not learned how to surf from us. Yeah. So yeah. it's just been a really soft introduction. And so all you parents out there, we have four kids <laughs> And it's been pretty fun playing this game of like, tell your kids not to do something and then they'll do mm. it. So <laughs> we've just been like, no, you can't surf. Like, <laughs> you're not allowed to surf. We're not going to the beach. We don't want to go to the beach. And then next thing you know, all the kids want to go to the beach. All the kids want to surf. Um, I mean, it's not that extreme, but I'm just trying to be cheeky. But I think the other thing is like, we introduce them to the water. We didn't shove them into waves. We right. didn't fall off when they're infants or any of that stuff. Like, I mean, some people have done that. That freaked me out when I was a kid. My dad tried to do that. And um, so they all have taught themselves how to swim, taught themselves how to boogie board, and then eventually stand up on their boogie boards and then surf. And um, it's been really cool to just watch them fall in love with the ocean. And it's mm -hmm. all been really cool that we haven't spent a lot of time at soccer fields. Yeah, <laughs> that's been a benefit. <laughs> um, so um, it's just neat that that the common denominator is the ocean for yeah. us, because obviously a family of six is very large. And mm -hmm. um, I think the fact that it's something that we can all go and do and enjoy together. And the girls have something to do. The boys have something to do. We have something to do. There's always somebody there that we know. And mm. um, so again, that like relational social aspect of it um, just as a family has been really, really sweet to be together in the sun and in the ocean and on the sand and enjoying it all together and nobody's like complaining and wanting to go home, you know, mm. again, for a family of six, that's really hard to come by. <laughs> so you guys um, tapped into something amazing yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. And that's cool that it, it seems like it's, you guys have created that environment in a way where it seems like it's their choice for all mm -hmm. of those. Like if they're going surfing. It's not like this dad's or mom's thing. Yeah. I'm being yeah. drug along. They've, as they've gotten older, our oldest son is um, about to turn 15. And he and I especially 
it's like we he and I go on surf dates where he mm. you know will let, tell me the night before like hey mom the waves are supposed to be good in the morning like you want to go and so you know it's it's become super fun to not only have kids that enjoy what you want to what you enjoy as well but like want to do it with you wow. and and um it's fun to I don't know how the heck it happened, but it's fun to like have raised a kid who I like want to hang out with and want to be as a teenager, like I want to be around him and he's mm-hmm. fun and he's silly and we crack up, crack up at each other in the water. And he's, you know, constantly I'm, I'm on a mid length and he's yelling at me, telling me to bust an air, you know, all <laughs> yeah, right, kid. So it's just, um, I think that part of it has been really sweet that it is, something that they choose have chosen to do and it's not mm. just our thing you know and um so that part's been pretty cool yeah wow that is amazing i feel like uh, there's a lot of parenting advice that i feel like i need to siphon <laughs> for you guys we don't really know what we're doing we're just giving it a shot <laughs> we we summed it up in in this one here's your unsolicited parenting advice. <laughs> we've summed it up to like one thing raise kids that you would want to hang out with yes. when you're old mm. Or when they're older, like yeah, and that's not ours. Somebody, somebody I, I told us that, and I can't Is remember. Is it Sean? Sean Barber could have been Sean Barber. Yes, um, I think our buddy Sean Barber from New Legend Four by Four. Yeah, he could have been the one who Brilliant, told us dude. that. I want to, I want to say it was Sean. Yeah, but it has been like mm. so good because it's like, man, if if you're you're raising kids to be one way and then you don't even want to hang out with them. Probably <laughs> like, nobody. Yeah. Probably <laughs> no one else around here wants to hang out with them either. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we actually enjoy hanging out with our kids. Yeah. And, um, and don't get us wrong. Like there's days of full out, you know, outright screaming, yelling, fighting. Like there are those days, there are days that, you know, it is hard to get them to go to the beach when it's beautiful and they've been sitting inside all day. And, and we're in a really sweet spot right now where our youngest is almost seven. And so like today, it's super windy, Santa Ana's and hot, and none of them wanted to go because none of their friends are going to be there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go surf then, you know, so it's like, we're in that cool space where we can go do it if we want to without them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having one who's almost 15 and can babysit everybody, you know? So that's been a new kind of fun season over the last year. Cause for me as a mom, like yeah, basically every time I had a kid, it was like taking a break for two years being pregnant and then recovering. So um, just totally selfishly, this season has been really fun because mm-hmm. my kids are now all at ages where if they don't want to go, I can totally bounce and we can just, I can meet him after work or whatever, you know? So it goes um, quick. It goes quick. I know you guys have your little one and a lot of young parents here in Ventura. And I mean, everybody tells you to enjoy it, but enjoy it. Yeah. It does go quick. As much fun as it is to like have a little bit more uh, freedom now and stuff like that. Like, man, I miss when our kids were like your, your baby's age. And, Mm. And, and sometimes I miss the sleepless nights. Like I ain't even going to lie. Like we, <laughs> we talk about that, like where it's just like, I wish I could hold them and rock them to sleep again. You know, yeah. I've got like a little miniature man. He's about to pass me up. <laughs> he can surf better than I can almost certain things. <laughs> um, but um, like, it's, 
it's it's totally um it, it does go by quick and so just cherish like these these moments your your freedom will come soon it will i promise every parent like your freedom will come soon and um your old kid can watch your young kid and you guys can have date nights and remember who you were again but like, <laughs> but, like just hold just, them a little longer just hold them a little yeah. longer and please think about that there is going to be a day like where we are now like we wish we could have a teething baby and just where they actually needed us again. Now our girl, she wakes up sometimes before us and goes and gets cereal and (laughs) starts reading her book or playing with her stuff in the front room. And it's just like, they're already so independent. So yeah, just, just enjoy it. Mm. I think that's parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's actually perfect because I think everything, what I think of you guys as a family over the years, it's like you guys do stuff as a family, not that you aren't your own people, but even the choices that you've made to build your own business um, is to make sure that you guys can have this, that Josiah isn't gone all day long from what, six in the morning till seven at night doing something. Um, So it's just kind of, I honestly, it's amazing. Also, it's just encouraging. I I'm at that stage where I'm loving every part of it. She's a year and a half. So it's yeah. kind of yeah. like all the dads told me like, that's what, just wait for that time. It's a blast, but yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. Um, how did, so kind of back to your story of surfing to there's the gap between then and now, how, what was the first thing that got you into this being a career path? Oh man. Um, so after we met, um, well, before I even met Kristen, like when I started working in high school and um, we've always, again, like around here and just coming from the family we can't, I came, grew up in, it's an awesome family. Like I can't say enough about my mom and dad and um, just how hard they both worked and uh, made it work here in Mentor County for us to, to be raised. But um, yeah, it's, you know, when you grow up in a blue collar family, like that's, just not an option. You work. And if you want nicer things and you, and you blast through your tennis shoes when you're 14, 15 skateboarding in two or three weeks, which I was, I needed new shoes, but my parents could only afford new shoes like every couple of months. Um, that was a lot of money back then. And, um, so I just, you know, just started working and found little jobs. And then I started work because I was homeschooled. I started doing construction with my oldest brother and really kind of got the hand-eye coordination and dexterity with tools came pretty naturally. And um, I've always been drawn um, from a young age to just functional art and things that are artistic that you use. Um, And so whether that be welding or or wood working, guitars, um, surfboards, there's always been... skateboards are are art to me um motorcycle frames like there's so many different things that i i see functional art in and um we went to i went to college and um after we were dating for a while i can't i dropped out of college my dad came down with cancer and uh came home to to help uh, my mom and my little brother uh financially so I, I am a college dropout, <laughs> um, but it was for, you know, to, to help the family. And um, my dad had to retire early because of cancer. And 
So I would, we were helping pay the mortgage, you know, when I was 18 years old and um, doing construction with my brother. And um, from construction, it went to um, building guitars, which like I mentioned earlier, like that's, I'm not a really good guitar player. I can pluck a few cowboy chords, but that's it. Um, but I've always been fascinated with like acoustic guitars and just the minute details um, of cutting stuff and joining wood, you know, just really geeking out on stuff that's at 30 seconds or 60 fourths of an inch, as opposed to when you're doing construction, everything's like in a quarter inch, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you're a cabinet builder. Um, so I went to guitars and then, um, that was kind of in a rough time in about 2007, 2000, 2006, 2007. And the economy took a pretty big hit around here with the economic crisis and or just, uh, everything that was going, it just, uh, that's when everything, everything crashed, um, real estate, construction, a lot of stuff. And, um, so I was kind of out of a job and ended up kind of going back to what I learned how to do, which was hard work was tree work. My dad was an arborist, as I mentioned. And so I knew how to climb from a young age and run a chainsaw. And so I was breaking my back doing tree work for a while. I worked for the city. I worked for another spot up in, um, in Goleta. And, um, and we had lost our house and mm. multiple other things during that crash. Yeah. And um, shortly after, so his dad did end up passing away. Um, and I mean, we lost his dad and our house within like a matter of weeks of each wow. other and uh, moved in with his mom. And so it was like, you know, construction had completely dried up. Um, Our house was gone. His dad was gone. And we had a one and a half year old baby living at grandma's house, you know? And so it was pretty, it sucked. It was pretty rough. (laughs) To Um, say the least. And it was like, we also, even though it was really hard, it was like, we also only had each other and his mom and his youngest brother that we were all living together to really cling to. And, um, and so I, I feel like tree trimming actually was kind of beautiful at the time when it came, because it was, he had just lost his dad who, you know, really was his best friend for a lot of years. And, and he got to, in a really sweet way, be close to his, who the spirit of his dad was in, in tree trimming. And so um, it really gave him a lot of life, I feel like in that time and purpose. And, um, so he ended up getting hired on with the city of Oxnard, um, trimming trees. And, um, he was working for 10 hour shifts and another at the time, uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, another small mom and pop, um, type of surfboard building company approached him and, said, Hey, you know, they knew of, they knew of us. And they said, Hey, we heard, you know, you're only working four days a week on Fridays. Do you want to come in and sand surfboards? Uh, we, we have an extra day that we could get some boards pumped out. And, and so he was like, yeah, sure. And then I've always done ding repair. Like hmm. you just never could really afford it. <laughs> or it was just like one of those DIY things. Like my dad was just like, just figure out how to do it yourself. Like, yeah. You can't afford it. Go take it somewhere to get repaired. Right. Just let's figure it out. Nice. No, so I always love the smell of resin and 
playing with all that stuff and mixing chemicals and it was always like super fun and geeking out so I had a little bit of concept of like surfboard construction and then but because of his dexterity and especially coming off the coattails of building um, guitars he had that experience of the hand-eye coordination that he needed Um, so he got trained and they were like man you you know you really know your way around sanding um because that's what he did primarily building uh the guitars was sanding mm. anything so he yeah, just, you know, when i started building the guitars um and i worked for a really really cool company in oxnard larry guitars still friends with them and just a great family you know that went after it themselves too um so he was doing that just on Fridays for just a bit. And then out of the blue, he started breaking out with these really bad rashes, like all over his arms. And, and, um, and we, we had to go to, he had to go to the doctor a couple of times. And basically the supervisor of the city of Oxnard tree department said, Hey, um, if the test results come back that you're allergic to carrot wood trees, I have to let you go because Whoa. it's a liability. Like if you're up in a lift and you have an adverse reaction to these trees and pass out up there or something, it's just a huge danger. And so we were freaking out because this was kind of a dream job. You're working for the city, doing what he loved to do, doing what his dad loved to do. And all of a sudden the rug's kind of being pulled out because of a stupid allergy. And I so- was like, I a lot. Well, I'm not, I hate saying I'm not going to lie. I had to. And like, I was like afraid. So I was wearing long sleeve shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the middle of fall, like all the time. (laughs) When it's like 80 degrees. And I was just like covered, like from gnarly, like look like poison up all over. And I was just like, I don't want to lose my job. And, you know, we are just getting back on our feet and um, just feeling good again. We had a kid. uh, We had. By that time we had had our second kid and so yeah it was it was really scary and then when that opportunity came up with and it was uh proctor surfboards mm. and todd and chris so they're they're great people um gave gave me that shot and trained it trained me and and the the results came back and and we had told them like the whole scenario and um and they're like oh funny thing is our full-time sander just fell and broke her back so we actually need not at work not Not at work no not sanding surfboards they had a back injury and so all of a sudden it just seemed like the stars aligned and it was like let go from the city and they they had a full-time position for him sanding surfboards and the rest is history (laughs) yeah so literally from that point on it's been full-time So I learned, you know, at a very, um, it's actually something I'm very proud of and it's kind of can, could be a contentious subject, but, um, there is like the Instagram phenom surfboard companies that are super backed corporately and like really whiz marketing and this and that. And then you have like just a lot of these old salty dogs that have been building surfboards for 40 years and 50 years, some of them even more. And I've always been drawn to those old salty dogs. Um, Nothing against like people that have really made a name for themselves, you know, via Instagram or whatever. Um, But I really like the low and slow um, apprenticeship and 
And I really wanted to give myself to that. If I was going to be a surfboard builder, I wanted to know all the aspects from the ground up. Hmm. And so it started, you know, very humbly and um, started sanding surfboards. Um, and then it turned into, you know, putting the fin systems in, doing all the ding repairs for that shop. And then, and then eventually laminating a few boards here and there. And then, you know, once in a while there'd be an extra blank floating around. It's kind of like try your hands at shaping. But I worked there for two years um, and then went to work for Jeff Hall. Um, he's another local guy, brilliant dude. Um, and he had a glassing factory. And Jeff really, I can't say enough about Jeff Hall and, and his wife, Shannon. They're great. But they taught, or he taught me just, heaps about laminating surfboards or for construction working with different um uh different materials and stuff like that and different techniques and there was so many different boards coming through his shop whether it be really classic old school stuff or high performance stuff and i worked for jeff for a couple of years and he actually was the first guy to really like show me how to shape a board and um gave me a few pointers and he got me started um i don't know if i'll i probably at this point i don't really care It'd probably be funny to channel islands but he was a ghost shaper for channel islands and to get through his ghost shape so he could do other work he would have me do half the boards and then nice. finish them and he would like pay me half and that's amazing. I mean, if they hear this, they'll they'll know and they'll think it's funny. But um, <laughs> that was kind of like the how I got into it, the shaping side of it, and then from there we, um, you know, our family was growing. We had a third baby on the way, <laughs> nice. And um, it was really it was it was just different and um, a lot of stuff. We needed more money and. Um, Jeff was like, Hey, you should reach out to channel islands. You've got enough experience. And he was letting me help him like manage a shop and order materials, deal with customers. And so I had, you know, and I, I trained a couple other guys for him and he really showed me kind of the, the whole gamut of like behind the door, you know, behind the curtain of like the surfboard business. Mm -hmm. And then I got to know all the different, you know, vendors for supplies and all that stuff through Jeff. And, and, um, it was cool. Like it was his recommendation and, and I still work for him. And then I got a job at channel islands again, just base level laminator, just on the night shift on the night shift. <laughs> and I, I'd work for Jeff in the mornings and then, dang, and then would work there till what, 11? 11 at night. Yeah. yeah it, it was it was a hard time, but it was, it, it really was, uh, we're better for it. Um, it makes us really grateful, um, that looking back, we got through like a lot of hard stuff and tired days and growing family, hardly any money and getting by. And, um, and how long did you do that for? We did that. I think I did that program for like, no, like, like eight months, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. Think, a little I think less it, than I think a year. It was less than a year. Yeah. And it was just like I couldn't anymore, and um, so we kind of just told. It was really cool during that time because working so hard, 
um, and just learning quickly. And Channel Islands was just great. And with my background being just kind of a blue collar construction type worker and been around that crowd, I would nothing against surf industry guys, but when the waves are good, they just go surf. And I'm like, I got a family. So I would always mm. stay in work. And I always have had just like a grinding work ethic. And um, so I would, I, needless to say, I was able just uh, to, to move up pretty quickly at Channel Islands. And they asked me to, to apprentice to shape there. And um, so I started learning how to shape. It took me about six months to get anywhere on the map where they would let one of my boards go into a shop. Um, and it was some of the hardest, but just most beautiful time building my character. And, um, and what's funny, what was funny to me is that at that point he had actually tried his hand, um, while he was working at Jeff's in building a couple of his own boards and mm -hmm. just coming up with some kind of alternative funky shapes. And I remember after the first couple of weeks of training shaping at CI, <laughs> he came home one day and his eyes were just about that big around. And he goes, I don't even know how my boards ever even floated. Like his, <laughs> his mind was so blown by the quality mm. of shaping that comes out of Channel Islands. And he was like, all the all the concepts just blew his mind, and he was like, "I don't even know how my boards ever floated." Anybody? That's awesome. <laughs> it was like, I got, man, I really got lucky in the early days. It was funny. So, um, yeah, so I started shaping there and just learning, and it was man, that was like that was really a sweet time of healing and um, really cool time in our marriage. Um, we had our fourth kid by then, um, and um, it was just our family really felt complete. And then it was just like really grinding after just the career. And like, this is, this is it for now. You know, um, I want to be, and at that point, it's like when you're shaping for channel islands in house, you're one of the best shapers in the world. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I say that with a lot of trepidation because there's so many brilliant shapers, but I mean, to narrow it down to, you know, high performance surfboards, and the legacy of Channel Islands, and I think it's 20 world titles, and I mean, they've been around for 50 years, and family-owned and operated, now, you know, owned again. Um, it's it's really, it's like you're stepping into, like, a Manchester United, or, like, the Yankees, or, like, or, you know, the big Broadway show, or, or something like that. It's just, there there is this level of, like, whoa, this is really, um, it's humbling, uh, but there also is, man, I've earned every bit of that as well. And, um, and they're great. Like I love, I love, they're like family to us. And, um, so I was working there, um, and just kind of, my mind was blown like, Whoa, I'm a shaper at channel islands and I have a shaping room here. And I would just listen to podcasts and books and, um, just kind of geek out and lock myself. It was like an introvert's dream. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're making money and you're getting paid to like be creative and in a room by yourself. You don't listening have to, to, talk to anybody <laughs> and there's as much work as you want. Um, that actually sounds amazing to me. It's like, yeah. It, it was, it was really sweet. Although my, my room was upstairs in the, in the factory. I didn't have heating or air conditioning for like a year. 
Oh yeah, that was a that was yeah. funny. I forgot about that. I think I lost like twenty pounds. <laughs> Sweat weight. Or, like, like in a sauna. Yeah, I was just, but I was stoked. I was just like, man, like I'm shaping it. See, so, yeah. And then um then I started um I actually started super or like was the production supervisor basically managing their glass shop at their headquarters and um that one really really like took a toll um managing a lot of surfboard builders is it's it, it is a it is a really gritty industry and um but i think he really quickly realized that his um his wheelhouse was in that quiet shaping bay and yeah. overseeing the management and production and having to navigate multiple different personalities and all of that and he was for what it's worth, he was brilliant at it. He did a really great job. And I still, I'll still run into guys that worked for him at the time that are like, he's the best boss I've ever had. And, um, they, it's pretty funny because we'll run into guys in the water and, and they'll, they'll, they still call him boss, even though yeah. it's years. And so I've never told anyone I call him boss. <laughs> it's like, I never, That's why they call you boss. <laughs> yeah. And, um, boss or captain or, you know, whatever, yeah. So it, I think that was, um, it was out of necessity that yeah. I took that position there um, for them. The the company needed it. And the general manager was like, Hey, we need you. We were looking at your resume from when you started working here and you were the production coordinator, like basically overseeing an operation of guitars of 40 employees. Like you have a lot of talent in this and you know we'll pay you more and and whatever and all, but we really need this we want to hire in-house and you'll be the first guy managing this factory <clears throat> that can build a, a surfboard from start to finish you know shaping and in the history of channel islands and so i did a lot of cool stuff like it was cool i changed their pay structure and took it back to a classical way that has been used in the surfboard industry which is peaceful mm -hmm as opposed to hourly pay. Mm. Um, there were unfortunately some people that were sandbagging and, and really taking advantage of the hourly pay mm -hmm. and the annual pay increases. And so I got to really see behind um, the scenes of just maybe some of the icky of like the surf industry and um, whether it be characters or the types of people that work for, you know, get into that line of work or whatever. And, um, so when I started managing, we we changed the pay scale from hourly. That was kind of one stipulation that I had. I'm like, we're hemorrhaging money that can be used elsewhere. And um, a lot of these guys in the old days that still work here now are used to this pay structure. So now it's going to be time for them to sink or swim. And we've heard tons of story about how, how hard they can work. So let's really put it to the test. Mm. Quality is going to be dicey but I'm going to, we'll really work on that, um, you know, for a while because they're going to just want to be pumping out work. Um, and, and now they're, I mean, they're still on that pay structure and there's a couple older, older gentlemen that work there. And that, I mean, every time I go up there for a meeting or whatever, they still thank me. They're just like, man, like I was able to buy a house, like, you know, and, um, they're super stoked, you know, which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm stoked that, I was able to help facilitate that change and um, of such a big ship and like mm -hmm. kind of bring it back to a core value of the surfboard industry. 
and the whole thing with surfboards and surfing is is yeah like you get to you get to make surfboards but you also should be able to use them too and and a lot of these big companies you want and, and us included even small companies like what good is it if you're not surfing yeah. and mm-hmm. believe it or not man there there are manufacturers and companies out there where people don't even know how to surf and they're making surfboards. Mm. I think I just got I got hit up on Instagram by some company like in Arkansas or something that makes a, a surfboard shaper's vest. And I was like, and they have like uh like content of like shaping surfboards. And I'm like, where are you Whoa. surfing in Arkansas? <laughs> you must have a really great pool or something. And it was just like kind of it was pretty sad how bad they got hammered by just how People in the surf industry could be jerks, but anyways, like, um, yeah, like it is, it is a very, very different, uh, crowd and a different way of life. And most people get into this because it is somewhat of seasonal work. We have busy seasons, but usually when the waves come up or the swells come, you know, people will work their butts off and then they'll go on long trips, you know? So that's kind of like we wanted to be able to lend it to that. And, and also for us, one of the most attraction, attractive things about the surf industry is just doing it as a family, mm. doing it low and slow, us being together, um, and also being able to play in the water. And we're actually getting work done. We're testing our products. She's usually selling a surfboard to somebody. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm more interested in boards I've made if I do see people in the water of like, I love honest feedback and asking people like, Hey, like what would you change? Like if you could, you know, um, what does it not do? You know, like that's what I'm really concerned about that. So, um, and that's where that relational piece came in for us was, um, I think getting into why we stepped out on our own was like really wanting to be able to give that personal and, intimate experience to a customer and um i mean in in all honesty you know when he came to me and was like hey i think we can do this Mm. (laughs) um i was like you're crazy we cannot start a business we can't run a business like what are you talking about neither of us have been to business school um and but it was like he i think josiah has always been a dreamer in the best sense of the word, that he sees something that he wants to accomplish way far out in the distance. And that's where I come into play as a partner is that I'm like, okay, okay, I I see that you see that thing way out there, but here's the step-by-step of how we're going to get there. And um, that's amazing. And so I, I think that's why we've, been somewhat you know to some degree successful at this point is because we have that balance between us Mm -hmm. so when he said you know hey I I think I want to go out on my own and um and do this full time I it was definitely not scary in the sense that I was like trembling in my boots but more so just like whoa like the reality of we have four kids to feed and I, up until last year, I did not have a job. I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so 
Um, it was like, if you don't succeed at this, if we don't succeed at this, what the heck are we going to do? You know? Mm. And we live in Ventura, which is probably the one of the most expensive, becoming one of the most exp- expensive cities to, to yeah. right. move to or live in or try to buy a house in or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I think anyway, getting back to, you know, kind of the why behind mm. going out on our own and becoming a small mom and pop was we, we, like we've alluded to, like we really love people and we really love surfers and we want them to have kind of this experiential um, moment when they're, I mean, they get to come to our house and they get to meet my kids and they get to go into the shaping bay with Josiah and and thankfully he's really good at multitasking and he can shape a board while he's having a conversation and we joke around that it's become <laughs> um what do we call it the shaper therapy yeah shaper <laughs> therapy because he you know while he's shaping a board he usually ends up in some pretty deep conversations mm. with these customers and um and so what's neat about that is that because you've established that relationship when or if a board isn't working for someone and he's so open to the critique and the criticism. Thank you, Channel Island. Um, he's able to <laughs> he's able to absorb that and say, "Hey, how is this not working? And what is it doing that doesn't feel right to you? And let's 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 sell this board and and let's make a new one, you know." And so it ends up kind of becoming this fun collaboration between us as uh, board builders and and our customers, you know, where we're getting to really kind of tailor down some things. And in all honesty, I don't feel like that happens super often where people are unhappy with their shape. Um, most of the time, it's as simple as like a fin. They need to change their fin placement on their center fin and then or take a center fin out of like if they've got a trailer fin, they just need it. We have that happen um, on a Christmas present. It was a twin fin plus a trailer. And the, the customer wasn't super stoked on how it was riding. And he said, hey, take that trailer fin out and just see what happens. And the guy was like, oh my gosh, this is the best board I've ever, ever ridden. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, cool. sometimes just those simple little tweaks. Um, so, yeah. And and you went from Channel Islands, right, to your own? That was the transition? So that went from, I was, so I was managing there, working there full time. Um, and then I got a job offer from one of their licensees, a company called Burial Service. Oh, that's right. And um, those guys are great. And, um, I went over there as their production manager and, um, and kind of the idea in that was, I mean, they offered, it was the same position. They offered him more money, but it was going to be, um, a much, much smaller scale, which again, Mm -hmm. just because of his personality, it was like, and it was way closer to home too. It was like around the corner. Mm. So yeah, um, I went from like like basically being the babysitter, not in a bad way. Those people, guys, you're managing people. But when you're, you're managing people, you're really intimately involved in their life. And uh, yeah. so it went from about 20, 20 guys to, to four. And that so was, was more manageable. <laughs> and I was like, wait, more money closer to home. And I have to like, way like do it on a smaller scale. And I get to learn a whole nother aspect, whole of, another the aspect of yeah because yeah. they do a lot of vacuum infusion and they really like really mess around with a lot of 
space age stuff, which is what's really super intriguing. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I want to learn that. And um, it was a good detox. So I was there exactly one year. And then I dropped the bomb and just told them I was going to leave. And there, we've, we had family members that thought we were crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my two older brothers that are the reasons I got into surfing and surf industry even. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> they like fully took, you know, like they had to sit down with me like, you wow. lose your marriage. Like, what are you doing? You just burn two of the sickest like dream corporate surf jobs in the, like anyone you know how many people in the world would want those jobs and you just like just fully punted them and um and i was i don't know man it was like one of the first times like i was really stubborn and really believed in myself and she believed in me mm -hmm. and um which you know she asked a lot of hard questions like she mentioned earlier um of like kind of we need to have a this planned out this can't just be like a shot in the dark and whatever and so stuff just started falling into place and that was uh was it august uh -huh. august uh it'll be three three years in august when we when we went out on our own and um a good friend of ours tom hill he owns iron and resin he um he took me out for a beer at topa speaking of jack that was a great podcast um nice and um, we're, I'll never forget that conversation. And he used the old adage, burn the boat. And, um, and I like looked it up and historically, like he was just like tripping out on the stories and, and he was like, you just got to burn the boat, make it happen and, and, and go for it. And you'll be fine. Like, and he's like, I'll help you. Like if you ever in a bind and <laughs> I mean, like, I just needed to hear it. It's like. Mm -hmm what are you going to do? Pay my rent, or like <laughs> my car payment or like, but it was just so sweet to have a friend like that. That was just like, you've got what it takes. Just go for it. Like, and Tom's kind of, we do share a little bit of some of the same uh, characteristics, but one of those is like, we do like to really think tank and just kind of like, I think have moments alone where we're designing and working alone and, stuff like that and um but tom will, he's said this on countless podcasts and, and just in conversations he, he doesn't like working for other people and not in a bad way but he just mm -hmm. really wants to do stuff his way and um and so that just really developed us into like we wanted to do surfboards our way and our way is a very relational aspect of business and um highly relational and you're usually right now our lead time is about eight weeks and so we're in a relate we're like in a marriage for like eight weeks with some customers and mm. and um, walking them through the process and Krista's so good at um, just the business side of everything she's like a QuickBook QuickBooks whiz now and and just sends out the estimates and all the options and all the upcharges and is really clear communicator and um, just really helps us shine and, and walks things through. If there's a hiccup in the process, like gives people a heads up. So there's no surprises or anything like that. And um, it's just been, it's been great. And she gets wet within the resin with me. Like she's helped me design a lot of boards and has laminated boards with me. And is, um, you know, she can hold her own in the lamb room, which is pretty, <laughs> we're pretty stoked. Like, and um, you know, we have, special projects that we'll do together and stuff. But, um, 
So yeah, and I was just doing surfboards our way and we're not making high performance surfboards. Um, in case anyone's wondering, it's not that people want me to make a high performance surfboard. I usually, man, order a channel. Order a CI. Nice. <laughs> You're like, I can vouch for them hundred percent. Or even Rob's like, I mean, we're good friends with Rob and Lori uh, Weiner at Robert Surfboards and, and Rob, Rob makes great surfboards and, um, yeah, and there's there's plenty of other things. We're just we're really our niche is just we really like that like middle of the road surfer, you know, and um, that's kind of where we're at. We can just easily translate. We don't really have to upsell or downsell much, um, and and we get to just like relationally work through a surfboard with somebody and get to know them. And it's been an awesome way to to get to know our neighbors and our community. And um, we have the best customers and it's been mm. really interesting just the way, and speaking of Tom Hill, he really helped me kind of niche down, uh, whittle down like a, um, like a customer base that we would be after. And one of those really cool things that we, speaking of Instagram, we decided at this point to not do a, a website. There was only a certain age demographic that we found that really wanted to see a website. Um, and it's not that we're not interested in building boards for them, but the target market that we're after, they use Instagram. Um, and, and then another really cool idea that we had was just not hashtagging everything. Mm -hmm. And so you can look through all of our feeds and there's no hashtags and we will tag people appropriately if they're mm -hmm. able and honor people. But, um, and it's been like, I, I mean, we only have 1,500 followers, but what's really cool about every one of those 1,500 followers is they found us. And and they're part of us. They, they found us or they've been referred to us. And it's really like this really cool little family and community of people that are just great folks that we've made surfboards for, people that want surfboards eventually. And... Um, we're so stoked like on that and mm. and we want that yeah it'd be great to have 50,000 followers but I think what's really cool is we're satisfied and super content with where it's at right now and we're not trying to go above and beyond sometimes we'll do a special project that we'll promote on Instagram um and that's mostly because we're just like proud of it yeah <laughs> um, and um but we've only done that a couple of times um so yeah, I mean that's I guess doing it our way. We want that slow, um, that slow organic kind of cult following of of consumer and um, but more so just neighbors and and friends and uh, people that want to have fun like us. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. And before this, we were talking uh, about that when I I was asking that question of like I haven't seen a website. I haven't been able to follow any way to actually order a board. And you were telling me about that. Um, so just for everybody now, what is the way to order? You can order via direct message on Instagram. Or if you somehow have our phone numbers, <laughs> then you can do that. Um, yeah, we were we were talking about how um, it's really, it's been really sweet to see. Because obviously when you first start a business, because Josiah had those notches on his belt of, if you will, 
of being having been a, a shaper for Channel Islands. Um, he also goes shapes for uh, Malcolm Campbell for Campbell Brothers. Um, when you've got those notches on your belt, people know you have the chops to make a surfboard. So I, I think in the beginning, you we definitely had some some friends and some um, acquaintances that were like, heck yeah, I'll order a board, you know. And um, but what's really neat and really sweet is when those friends aren't just being supportive and they come back for a reorder mm. um, for another board. Or um, we were mentioning earlier a, a story about or different. We've heard different multiple times where guys have been in the water with one of our boards and somebody asks them in the water, like, Hey, what are you writing? That thing's insane. You know? And then they just are like, Hey, here, try this, you know? And, um, and so they try it. And then next thing we know, we're getting some random direct message on Instagram from this guy who just so happened, he saw this board in the water and he's interested and wants to get an estimate, you know? And, um, we, it's kind of funny because we have this whole group of people in San Diego that that's how it happened. And we've made boards for like their entire friend group. It's so mm. funny because we don't know any of them. Um, and it just, it's just super neat to kind of watch this, um, the pebble in the pond kind mm. of, you know, where the ripples just start to go out and um, they, it starts to affect, you know, different people. And then there, I think some of the, some of the sweetest um, text messages or direct messages that we get from people is when they have gotten an opportunity to either get on a board that they've borrowed from someone or they have ordered something from us and they've gotten to try it for the first time. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, this board gave me my stoke back because wow. he was saying, I think who we end the customers we end up with are, um, you know, moms who are getting back in the water for the first time after having a baby or, um, maybe dads who are firefighters who don't get in the water as often as they'd want to because they're gone for four days a week on the job. And, and so they're frustrated with their surfing because they're not on the right board. And so they kind of take a leap and they order something from us. And we get these incredible messages from people that are just like, oh my gosh, I was ready to give surfing up before this board. And so we just kind of our mantra this whole time has been we really just want people to have fun. We don't want surfing to be frustrating. And when you're having fun, you naturally are going to progress at the thing that you love to do. And um, so that's been that's how you order a board. You either <laughs> find someone in the water with one, <laughs> you try it out or you d direct message us on Instagram. So, wow. I love that so much. And that's in such stark contrast to the way that everything has been going, right? <laughs> which is like digitize, optimize, and you yeah. guys don't even have a website up. Then it's like you make it harder, but by the time they're there, they're, you're having a real conversation yeah. with a real human. Yeah. And I, it's just been, it's been so beautiful again to see that. And we've met some of the most unique and wonderful people along the, in the past almost three years. Like it's just been I'm like, I'm even tripping out like right now, just in the conversation, like, I'm really grateful it's working. Like we're able to provide for our family mm. doing it this way where we've like, kind of just said like, no, like, I don't need to do it your way. Like we're going to do it our way. And this mm -hmm. is what we're, we are good at. We are good at inviting people in and, and, you know, having a beer with somebody out in the back shop and talking about life and surfboards and kids and, 
or whatever it could be or paddling out and having their a first surf together like man like we're not trying to take over the world and, like, <laughs> i think like the, the biggest thing too is like we're, we're happy with the growth yeah um because the growth is really good the way we're doing it right now and on top of that like it's manageable growth mm-hmm. I'm, we're still able to surf together and and we worked out this morning you know like we we got up you know, and thought we got up before the kids and then they all followed us out for <laughs> to go work out with us. And we worked out and, and had, you know, coffee and tea together and, and went off and now I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to go sand a couple surfboards and, and it's a, it's a great day. Like in the sense of like mm. for the business, like what we're turning around. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to mess that up, you know? So yeah, we're, we're stoked. We're, we're pretty stoked. So, but yeah, that's literally the only avenue. Um, <laughs> you, it's, it's Instagram, man. Like, um, they should be paying me for this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm fully reliant on this to continue. Really, like, we're kind of, but at this point, I mean, the word of mouth is out there. You know, yeah. I got two orders this morning. And, um, it's, it's totally like, the word of mouth is out there just and and people are passing my number around mm-hmm. and i think so. that's when it comes to the relational aspect that's what is kind of i don't know just kind of neat and special to us is that the people that we have made boards for um believing in it so much and loving what they have so much that they're saying hey dude give this guy a call like his work is incredible they're professional, they get back to you right away, you talk to an actual person, you know, just all of those things with the the fast pacedness of technology and industry in today's world. Um, you don't get that in every, in all, you know, it's, it's really hard to talk to an actual person on the phone when you're trying to get customer service and um, and so I don't know if it'll be this way for forever. We, like I said, we're kind of just grabbing it with both hands right now and, and really hoping that we can continue to maintain that relational piece of the business. And, um, and cause it's really dang fun when we get to show up to our favorite surf spot and everyone in the water is riding one of our boards. Like that's wow. really fun. And like, we really hope that like that relational piece of it, um, that we at least get to keep that common thread somewhat throughout it, wherever this takes us, you know? And they're all having fun with it and they're, they're using it because they're enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best. Well, I just have a last couple of questions. Uh, Is there anything you guys are uh, looking forward to or playing with or exploring in the future, whether it be like new ways of doing things that we could follow along with or, um, um we're actually i have a i mean like i can't name who um a really predominant legendary one of the best surfboard shapers in the world um in the longboard genre has asked me to be his apprentice um and i've had a relationship with him for for quite some time and um and i'm not I'm not, uh, I've never really studied under somebody when it comes to longboards. So mm. um, as Krista mentioned, I've worked with Mal- Malcolm Campbell, um, with Campbell Brothers and the Bonzers and 
really learned tons under him and um, still have plenty to learn. But with the alternative shapes and, and I've worked with um, a, a few other guys that are just really good uh, alternative shapers. And then, and then obviously on the flip side of that, training under Britt and Mike Walters and yeah. those guys. Yeah, the guys at Channel Islands are, you know, the just top echelon high performance shapers in the world. Um, kind of that missing notch was really just the study of logs and longboards, which is mm. basically where, you know, it's all been dwindled down to this point from that. It's the origins of, of surfing. And so just a lot of the, the really old, old way and the old craft. And uh, so, yeah, something to kind of keep everyone can keep their ear to the ground too, until we announce that. And, um, and um, I, you know, there's little talks of us doing a story with surfers journal about that. So um, hopefully, um, you know, that'll, that'll happen soon. Um, and then we've been working on a fun shape. Um, we're calling the underground. And um, basically, just I kept having dreams <laughs> of this super weird shape. I had a weird dream, a couple of weird <laughs> And so he was like, "Well, I have a blank in the in the shop. I'll just build it for myself." And then on a really small day, I took it out and was like, "Whoa, hey, uh, I need one of these in my style." So, um, so he just built me one, and. Um, and so we've been, they're the only two in existence thus far. And so, but we've had a couple people in the water just this last weekend that were like, that tried it and we just swapped boards with and they tried it in the water and they were like, can, when's this, when can we order one of these? So no way. Um, we're pretty excited about that one because it's a, a bit of a mashup between our, our two um, major models that we are mid-length models that we sell uh, quite a few of are the immigrant, which is a two plus one. And then um, a rounded twin pin. Uh, uh, and so basically this one is kind of a mashup between those two. And um, we've kept our, like our models. I, we kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll make, you know, what for the most part, whatever the customer wants. And I do make long boards and they do work decent, <laughs> um, but um, have a lot to learn in that genre. But like, we'll make anything, but we've, we've really, we like this, the really simple menu um like in and out you know where it's like here's your basic number one and number two mm -hmm. but based off of um obviously part of that conversation with each customer is well the, some of the basics like how tall are you how much do you weigh what's your skill set um where do you like to surf like what what's your favorite mm. because obviously different boards are built for different types of waves and so we really take all that into consideration and then probably subsequently to that um, would also be, where do you want to go though? Where do you mm, want to see yeah. yourself progress? Um, and so it's, it's almost like trying to put a kid on a bike with training wheels with the anticipation that you're going to take those training wheels off and, and be able to cruise, you know? So um, we definitely like to that we have this very simple menu, if you will, and people can say, well, I want the immigrant, but can we do this, this, and this to change it up a little bit, you know? So the underground, that new model we're talking about is kind of the animal style. Nice. <laughs> 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 Thank you. So it's like, it's, it's definitely a spicier version of, of but it's, to, again, we really like user-friendly boards. So um, it doesn't take but a wave or two to get used to it. Mm -hmm. 
and um, it's in messing around with this weird range. Um, like if you're average, so I'm I'm five nine, and um, most guys my size like or height are riding boards that are their height or like maybe six foot at the biggest. Um, if it's like a good wave short board, or and then they jump up to about seven foot, and you know um, for their mid lengths, and then they for their like little twin their twin fins and stuff like that. Those are like down to five, six where that's just for a guy my size. Well, there's this really funny space between six and seven feet where just like not a lot of people have really messed around with different outlines mm. in that zone. And I think what I was just tripping out on it and, and I don't, um, I don't know. I just had a dream of an outline and a board <laughs> and a number. And so I was just like messing with it. Dang. And then, um, and then the, the the resin work on the bottom of my board, I feel like almost in relation to the dream is like this vortex you're being sucked into. <laughs> so. so yeah, I don't know. It's it's just really it's it's a mesh of the two, and it's um it's a fuller nose, um our immigrant outline nose, and it's just like a smushed down immigrant. And so you order it nine inches taller. So I'm riding a six, six and I'm five, nine and it's about 20, 20 and a half for you uh, board people out there and two and five eighths thick and um, has a bonzer bottom, like, uh, like the Venturi curves on the bottom and um, just a twin fin. And um, it paddles like a mid length, but it, it Maneuvers, skates around yeah. like a short board. Yeah. So it's kind of like if, for like that person who like the mid lane might be a little just too cruisy and, and whatever, but they want something a little bit more spicy. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess our little animal style version. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you were getting at with like new stuff? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's exactly it. I wasn't expecting a dream to be part of it, but <laughs> that makes it all the better. I it either. And so I just ran with it. <laughs> like, Krista, I got to make this. I don't know why, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you know what's crazy is it was a home run. I think the only thing I got to mess with is just a little bit of like some, fin some yeah. not so much fin placement, just their angles. And mm. but other than that, like it's it's definitely been, I think our like model wise a home run for us. Like nice. Um, yeah, which which is pretty sweet. So we're pretty pumped up of, about that thing right now. And and uh, yeah, that's been super fun. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, everybody, hopefully some surfers are doing this and are geeking out and uh, <laughs> message you on Instagram or text you <laughs> getting one of those. Are you, uh, if somebody were to ask you about that today, what's that? Uh, do you have uh, your new animal style one? Remind me of the name, the underground. underground. Yeah, there's one on our Instagram and um, I did it in a series Um I made myself like a, a little two board quiver and, um, and I, I mean, I like all R and D boards myself and then I'll usually sell mine for cheap to friends or whatever, and then just try something new and, um, and whatever. So, um, I did a series of two boards and they look like, they look like it was like a sunset and, um, so if you're interested in seeing like what that one looks yeah. like, it's on our Instagram. They, they're like these really pretty sunset resin. Mm. Some resin art with kind of like this weird 
uh, way to like um, you when you laminate the surfboard rather than just like dumping different colors in different places and hoping it smears out right. It's just a little bit more of an intentional way to do it. And you cut the cloth out to how you're normally going to do it. And then you roll the cloth back up and then you dump the <clears throat> colors out in a sequence and then you roll it back out once. Mm. And the way it saturates through the cloth really kind of does this really um, very tie-dye-ish, like kind of sunsetty, cloudy thing. It's, little little whatever but um was inspired by our girls yeah my girls <laughs> yeah our, our girls like wanted they're like daddy can you make something that looks like the sunsets like the, like the, the cotton candy sunsets. the cotton candy and, yeah. and golden <laughs> they're really specific like my youngest she's like something that looks like cotton candy golden cotton candy and so i was like okay i'll give it a shot so yeah that one's on our on our instagram and uh, there'll probably be a couple more popping up soon yeah, because we haven't even posted uh, my even, my, the, uh, my underground. We haven't even posted a photo of that yet. So um, look for that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, with that, I, I can wrap it up, even though I have so many more questions about <laughs> the technical side. But I got to get you back to the water after seeing you glaze over <laughs> the first part. And somehow our kids have shockingly given us an hour and a half to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to jump on you. Yeah. Uh, well, Josiah and Krista, I appreciate you guys so much. I uh, loved getting to hear your story. Um, and next time I we hang out, uh, I'll be able to ask more of my questions. But hopefully get more people stoked on you and um, getting to hear more of why you guys are doing it different. And it's, it's encouraging to me for my business as well, just seeing that you guys have been done what everybody else is doing just because that worked for them, but you've kind of committed to what makes the most sense for you and your family and you're making it work. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for what you're doing. We really appreciate the podcast. It's been great to listen to when I'm shaping and nice and uh, inspiring just from the local, local people around here. It's been really cool to hear some stuff. So I think I'm uh, the one who's lucking out the most out of this podcast. <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Been well, thank you guys. We'll talk soon. Okay, All right. Thanks, Scott. See ya. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and have learned of new ways to help. For more details beyond this interview, head to thesmallpodcast.com. This project was birthed out of the desire to show the big impact of supporting small businesses. If you know of any other compelling people or stories that should be shared, please get in touch at thesmallpodcast.com. Thanks for joining me.